Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Well, welcome to the Sages Among Us. I'm Mary Weaver. I'm your host tonight, and my special guest is Rob Ferguson. He has had a varied career and experiences in his lifetime, uh, having to do with business consulting and weight loss advice and personal experience with weight loss. And um, welcome to the Sages Among Us, Rob Ferguson. Well, thank you, Mary. Wonderful to have you on the air, and I'm anxious to uh, see what I can add to the program. Well, tell us about how it all started with you. Where did you grow up? And <laughs> Sure. So, you know, this, this exercise in preparing for uh, this program tonight was really valuable to me. It caused me to kind of journey back, really how I get to, to where I am. Uh, and I grew up on the San Francisco Peninsula. I was a teenager in the 60s down there, and, and uh, uh, where I grew up is right by the San Francisco airport. And I was uh, in public schools uh, there and lived in San Bruno uh, uh, until I was 20 years old, got married, and my wife and I moved to the East Coast for a year while we explored to see what that would mean to us. That's where her family was from. Yeah, and so many people who live up here have experience in the Bay Area have moved up and retired up here or uh, relocated and found work. And uh, so you're, you're one of them. I am. Yeah. We kind of uh, uh, hopscotched our way up here. Uh, we uh, moved back to the peninsula and back to the Bay area, you know, when I was 21 uh, and then I raised my family in Walnut Creek. And um, uh, we moved from Walnut Creek down to uh, the South part of the Bay, like, like around the Dublin Pleasance area where my wife worked. And then uh, in 2015, uh, we moved to Sacramento. Uh, my son and my nephew uh, opened up a deli in West Sac, and I came up here to help them and to also uh, establish a health training company. And two years after that, we wound up in the amazing Placer County community of Dutch Flat, and I spent a great deal of time in Nevada County at uh, Nevada City and Grass Valley, and a lot of time in uh, Dutch Flat, obviously, where our homestead is now. Yeah, so you you brought actually adult children into the area. You all relocated, not just uh, mom and dad. Yeah, that was an interesting experience for us. Um, I remember vividly in 2008 when the uh, Great Recession hit, and the home, everything was uh, collapsing, and, and uh, there was a large loss of labor. I had a lot of clients that were looking at uh, how to solve those problems. And, and I kind of formulated in my mind that I did not like the way that the uh, real estate market was going and, the, and relying on, on equity uh, in, in 401ks and things like that. So I've, I've been looking for a, a place uh, ever since then where I could buy enough land, beautiful place, and my family could build and live here too if they so choose. 
And so we wound up with this place, and my son uh, wound up with us up here. He's uh, building a nice compound for himself at the bottom of our property. And my daughter and son-in-law and two granddaughters uh, are building a near-completed on the uh, top part of our property. And it has just been an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, I completely love where we are up here in Dutch Flat. I would leave it for all the money in the world. And um, uh, the family, uh, for the most part, is, is also fully embraced it, although sometimes we're challenged by heavy snowstorms or fire smoke and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, not a day goes by when I'm just so grateful to be up here and I get to spend all this amazing time with my family and having my granddaughters uh, here uh, during the pandemic and when they were in school and so forth here and my daughter and everything. It's just been a, an amazing experience, and, a, and we're really grateful to have the time we've had with them. Sure, sure. Well, tell us a little bit more about your business background and how you became a, a business consultant and, and exactly uh, what, what were you helping companies with? Sure. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I, I started working at a young age, and I, I worked, I worked, and that's all I did seemingly from the age of, say, 14 till to marriage and so forth. And I had a lot of various experiences there, and that's kind of why I also cut my, my college education short. Uh, I, we got married at 20, I headed back east, and when I was back east, uh, we made friends with a couple of, uh, of uh, two couples, and both of the guys had gone to work in the insurance industry. And I thought, you know what, maybe that's what I should do. So when we came back from the East Coast to San Francisco, I entered the insurance industry. And I began to serve businesses uh, in, in ways that I could help them. And that resonated with me. I, I liked the idea of going into the workplace. I spent so much time working and experiencing what life was like inside a business and being told what to do by bosses. And some of them were good and some of them most of them were not so good. So uh, it gave me the opportunity to get to know business owners and to suggest ideas and programs that could benefit their employees. And then that just grew. And by the time I was 25, I had my own agency with a partner of mine in the Central Valley. And we had uh, the majority of the, the major employers in the area as our clients, uh, names you'd all well know and realize. And so what I had, what I did was I, I dug deep into the products that I was helping to uh, suggest and design. And so I became uh, an expert in how to fund large business uh, insurance needs and how to design compensation plans and health plans and that type of thing. So that, I did that for a bit. And then uh, after several years of doing that, we sold the, I sold my share of the business to my partner. We moved back to the Bay Area because I didn't really like being in the Central Valley that much. And I began to expand my, my world. I went to work for a major consulting company in San Francisco. And I furthered my education through them. They, they had lots of uh, very specific courses that I took and so forth. And some of the principles at uh, this major company I had as a client in, in the Central Valley uh, broke off and started their consulting firm. And they asked me to uh, help them out on some cases that they were working with businesses, businesses that primarily were having difficulty in surviving. Maybe, maybe they were a business that was thriving and grew well and so forth for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but for any number of reasons fell on hard times and found themselves deeply in debt and in danger of going bankrupt. So I would come in with this firm 
and help organize things and help look and see what can be done from a compensation and cost standpoint, which ultimately led me to start my own firm in that regard. We did almost, uh, my, my company was headquarters in Walnut Creek, and we did almost 200, uh, I'll call them business resolutions more so even than a business turnaround. Uh, I would go to the company, I would uh, hear what their issues were. Uh, most of the time, they were fairly uh, devastating. Uh, I, I remember cases where they would say, well, the IRS is coming in on Friday to shut us down. Can you help us? And this would be like Wednesday. You know? <laughs> and I got very good at talking to the authorities, whether it be the IRS, state of California, banks, uh, suppliers, people that businesses owed money to. So my, my, my goal was to go into a company, understand what their issues were, understand how they grew successful in the first place, and then, and then identify the causes for their demise. And so I would design a new business plan for them, a new business model. I would design a path from where they were to where they needed to be. And then I would sell that path to their creditors, including the IRS, state of California, banks, and so forth. And in that manner, I, I really came close to what I was, to what my, my life purpose is. And that is, I would be able to come into the company. I would be able to soothe the relations that were existing. Oftentimes, the owner of the business you know, was, was really having trouble with it as a partner or they're having uh, home troubles at home, which is maybe the start of this thing, going through divorce, whatever it might be. But there was a complete uh, disconnection in interpersonal relations throughout the business. That was clear. Okay. So in order for me to apply my business knowledge and help these folks, I also had to really get good at resolving inter interpersonal problems and taking a much smaller workforce and showing how to get more done than was being done before. Okay. So that, that fed my, my passions. Thank you, Rob. And you're listening to The Sages Among Us. Uh, my name is Mary Weaver. My guest today is Rob Ferguson. He's a Dutch flat resident, and he has uh, business experience and experience in weight loss. Shall we uh, open up the weight loss topic? Sure. Yeah. Well, How did you, you get know, involved in that? Well, <laughs> well, becoming over 300 pounds, and that, that took a lifetime to achieve. By the time I was 55 years old, I, when, I, when I was uh, back at the days when I was working in San Francisco, I worked at a, at a soda pop place and, and uh, a Pepsi-Cola bottling plant, and we got all the pop we wanted to drink, and I drank <laughs> it, and I started, you know, and I, and I was a very active, and I was a very strong guy, and and uh, I did a lot of lifting and working and so forth. So I was over 200 pounds, but I was strong. And I, I played sports in high school and so forth. So, but when I stopped uh, doing the physical activity, I started to eat more and more and more. And by the time I was in my mid-50s, I had, I had tipped to Toledo's at over 300. So I had to do something. And my doctor said, if I don't do something dramatic and quick, uh, I won't be able to watch my granddaughters grow up. Uh, I had severe diabetes. I had heart disease. I was on seven medications. Uh, it was just, you know, I was in, I was in just terrible shape. And at that time, I had my own radio show on business in the Bay Area called Business by Design. And I was traveling all over the country. I was gone 26 weeks a year. I was going through airports and just eating indiscriminately, which really added to all these issues. Mm -hmm. So I had to address that. And so what I did was I took literally six months of, of mindfulness training where I 
dug deep into why was I the size that I was? Why was I choosing this lifestyle? And what changes do I need to make? And how would I make myself adopt those changes? And that process was just absolutely amazing. Uh, so that's what got me into it. I, I successfully lost the weight. I'm 175 pounds today. I don't have any diabetes. I have no high blood pressure. I'm off all prescriptions. Uh, and I got so turned on to being normal weight, uh, I became a certified personal trainer. Uh, and I, uh, I had a good friend in Texas that was in the same position I was. And he got cancer. And he said, maybe you can help me. One of the things I learned is that if you are morbidly obese, and you have other comorbidity factors, you know, you're going to have a, your body's going to have a difficult time uh, facing challenges like cancer or heart disease, that type of thing. You're not, your body's already reacting to the results of being obese, let alone having this new thing to deal with. We certainly found that out during COVID, right? So I had to really dig in and I did, and I'm really was, was happy to do that. And I uh, wound up uh, in helping my friend and sharing with him what I had learned and how I learned it and so forth, uh, I came to write a book on the topic, uh, Six Principles of, of uh, uh, the Adopting a New Lifestyle. And that book ultimately became an online version and it became a textbook for a company that uh, helps people uh, address the issues that they're having bariatric surgery uh, and, and they need to be retrained on how to live a lifestyle. So, so that, did, were there people had, who... Were there people who influenced uh, your weight loss, your knowledge about uh, uh, overeating and, and everything else that you were doing wrong? Yeah, there sure was. Um, and they were books, really, okay? So one, Michael Pollan, uh, whom I know is speaking in Grass Valley soon. Uh, we got an invite, you know, that, that's something that's happening. Yeah. He wrote a book called Food Rules. And, and that really simplified things, and it resonated with me in terms of what to eat. And then another book, which was life-changing for me, was the uh, uh, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And that was amazing in that uh, there's a study, you can go online to the ACE study, A-C-E study. Kaiser Permanente, over a 30-year period of time, followed the lives of 35,000 patients. And they identified three times in your life that are really critical to to your, to your uh, adulthood, and that's seven years, the next seven years, and the final seven years. And if you've had adverse childhood experiences, um, your, your fight or flight mechanism, your, your cortisol uh, uh, enzymes are going to be open, and you're going to have a really hard time uh, closing it. And in order to soothe the, the emotions that you're feeling from those adverse childhood experiences, you're going to find ways of soothing those things, and quite often it's food. It might also be drugs, it might also be sex, it might also be smoking. There's all kinds of ways that the human body will try and, and close that cortisol door. And, and, you, I had that. and you had kind of a rocky road there in your childhood, not, not um, a stable family life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was my, my dad uh, was, was at Pearl Harbor when it got bombed, and he was a victim of the Great Depression. And and so he was loaded with adverse childhood experiences, and he put it into our family. And as a result, you know, we, uh, we had long, long, many years of nighttime arguments, police showing up, and things of that nature. It was very difficult. And thankfully, I had some friends and neighbors and so forth that kind of helped me through that. 
And ultimately, they split up and got divorced. And that's when I started working, you know, pretty much uh, every day when I wasn't at school uh, to help out with the family and support myself. So those were all experiences. And I didn't realize it until I read the book, uh, Adverse Childhood Experiences, uh, that described this whole process. And so the first two-thirds of the book is all about, you know, how these things affect the body. And the last third is all about how to change your life. Very inspirational, very informative. And the book is available as the, again, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And then another book that really came to identify the, the compounding of the issue was a book called Dorito Effect. And that talks about how the Dorito chip or the Dordia uh, chip came in being. And it talks about how uh, when this guy, as a freedom executive, uh, discovers the tortilla chips on a family trip to Disneyland in the, in the early 60s, brought a bag back and said, what would we do with these things? Nobody liked it. But a chemist in the back said, hey, you know what? I can make those things taste just like a, a fresh taco or whatever we want. And so that gave birth to the Dorito. Before you knew it, uh, there was a lot of food on the market that was fast food, quick food, chips and so forth had flavor built into it that they knew would be uh, very exciting to the dopamine centers in our brain. And so I ate a lot of that stuff. And I began to really realize the, the nature of the food that we were eating and the effect it was having on my ability firsthand and others to, to say no to. You, you start doing a ready diet of donuts and, and chips and fries and fast food burgers and so forth. It's really hard to break that cycle to get off that. So how long, how long did it take you to, to lose your weight and start feeling good again? About nine months. Yeah. And I didn't really realize the rest of this stuff because I, I still did my work. I was doing everything else I was doing. And I, in my mind, I, I had spent all six months prior to my weight loss effort. I spent that time really um, doing mindfulness training and training my mind on a different way of thinking and a different way of acting. So when I was ready to start, you know, drop the ball and, and, and make the change, my mind was already telling me, don't eat that. You're supposed to be eating this and so forth. So literally every day of my life since then has been focused on the best choices that I could make uh, because it, I didn't try to do anything until my mind was telling me what to do. So I thought that was a real key was to embrace that. And, you know, Mary, the thing that's interesting is that, you know, in, in my business work, I have found that, that the idea of, of solving people and their, and their choices that they're making and the words that they're using and the actions that they're taking is the same body of work that you would do in physical and personal health. It's really the same thing. It's all about interpersonal relations. It's all about your self-perception. It's all about, you know, what you're embracing, what your paradigm is. So it was a really easy transition for me to go from being a business advisor. It was all based upon interpersonal relations and the underlying knowledge of what businesses are and how it works and all that stuff to the same thing with, with weight loss and with helping people navigate their way from where they are and the choices they're making to the choices that they should be making. And so I, and I had some amazing advisors doing both of those things. I have friends that I have an attorney I I love dearly. He's part of our family now. I've known him for over 40 years. I've got a, an excellent friend, 
in Texas that I've known for even longer than that. And he's been my mentor. He had a PhD. He has a PhD in business administration. He's retired. I have a lifelong friend that uh, I've literally since diapers. I call him my best friend since diapers. And and he has been extremely influential. His family was a was a model for me to look up to. And, uh, next week uh, I'll be celebrating my 70th, and then later in July my wife and I will be celebrating our 50th anniversary. And it really, I think the universe put me in touch with these people because they helped me, you know, get through and survive the uh, life that I've been living, and they showed me the way to what what functionality is. And I had the own my own life experiences to compare versus what was happening in these functional homes. Sure. And so it it really drove. So you moved up uh, to Dutch Flat around '08, I think you said, and and no, uh, 2017. 2017. And tell us what yep. you you did when you moved up here. Um, I know that you volunteer at uh, some organizations, including Sammy's sure. Friends, and then. Uh, you opened a business, uh, and I, I think did. you said Colfax. Yes, exactly. I had a business called Sourdough Solutions in Colfax. Uh, I, have a, I had a partner, and, and we opened a, a, a bakery. Uh, the, the key to my underlying uh, philosophy and, and the way that I've approached my, my weight loss and my health was adopting organic, whole-grain, Mediterranean diet. That's really what it's all about. And I had to learn how to bake uh, whole grain bread because there's none available in the marketplace. You can't go into a grocery store and see the kind of stuff that you really need. It's all refined grains. Even the whole wheat is still, it's absent the, uh, the bread and the germ that needs to be in there. So I, I, I've been in the baking business. I tried doing these things in the Bay Area. The costs escalated. And so when I came up here, the rent and, and the ability to open the business up was much, much easier. So yeah, I had Sourdough Solutions, and the uh, uh, the COVID nineteen uh, uh, pandemic uh, finally put an end to that uh, in early twenty twenty one. I had redesigned my product and my my bread and so forth as a as a wholesale, which is kind of difficult to do. We were at the Sac Food Co op. We were at California Organics in Nevada City, and and other other stores around the area. Uh, and we had a uh, we had an agreement with my landlord to to pay a minimum amount of rent and so forth. But they unfortunately reneged on that agreement, and we weren't in a position to uh, pay more. So we had to close the bakery. And when I did that, uh, I closed it about a year ago now. And when I did that, I couldn't keep myself still. So I uh, looked <laughs> for volunteer opportunities, and I absolutely adore. Uh, dogs in particular and pets in general, and, I'm, and they need help as well as humans do. So I found an opportunity at Sammy's Friends in Grass Valley. Amazing people. Uh, I just admire what they do, how they do it. So I go, uh, you know, a couple times a week. I, I travel the 45-minute the drive from Dutch Flat to, to uh, McCorkle there in, in, in Grass Valley, and I walk dogs. That's and real, real dedication to drive all that way to walk dogs. Well, <laughs> you know, these dogs, they, they need it. And, and in particular, I'm, I'm good with dogs. We've always had uh, dogs in our life, and, and, and I really uh, am very close to them, and I know how to handle them very well. And they rank the dogs out for one, two, or three, and the three being the most difficult. And so I, I, I you know, became a three walker, 
and some of these dogs are fives and sixes, okay? <laughs> uh, but they're a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it, and I would encourage listeners to um, seek uh, volunteer opportunities at, at Sammy's Friends. They need walkers. They need they need help in the cat room. They need administrative people. They need um, foster homes. Oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, sometimes all these dogs show up, and they don't have enough kennel space. And even if they do, they some of these dogs are just oh they they break your heart. They they're they're wonderful animals, and they need somebody to look after them for a while and to reacquaint them with the family uh, situation before they get adopted. So there's lots and lots of ways for those that are compassionate about dogs and cats to um, find a, a very grateful community in uh, Sammy's friends to help out. Yeah, we really love Sammy's friends here in in Grass Valley. It's just amazing. And I know that during COVID-19, they were fostering all the animals. And, um, you know, it just must have been crazy. Now all the animals are coming back to the shelter because people are starting back to work. So um, I'm sure it's difficult. It is. There's a dog in particular that I want to shout out to. His name is Bernie. And he's a real, what they call a roly-poly pity. A big old uh, combination pit bull dog. I used to love walking him. And he had been there for three years as an older dog. And people were kind of afraid of him because of the way he's a big guy and all this and that. Well, he got adopted recently. And it just thrilled everybody there to, to see a dog like that, you know, be taken in. Uh, and, and, and there's stories like that that happen all the time there. But the staff there, you've got to have a special place in your heart to be a kennel worker, to clean up the kennels, to to do the things that they do, to see abuse of animals come in. Oh, I've walked some dogs that suffered terribly under the uh, you know under the hands of their previous ownership and so forth. And they all need our love and they all need you know our help. As do people. Okay, I mean, uh, in my life, my volunteer efforts have have spanned a great deal of work with the homeless population. I've did a lot of that. Um, I like to. I look for any opportunity I can personally to help people uh, and to help do things. And I'm asked to do a lot of volunteer work, which I am always say yes to, uh, whether it's being, you know, public speaking and teaching people how to adjust their lifestyle, teaching people how to bake their own bread, you know, uh, helping people with startup businesses. I have, I, I do that frequently. Though somebody says, you know, I really want to go from where I am to my own business. What can I do? And I love helping them. And sometimes I'll do it completely pro bono. Uh, other times, if they can afford to pay me a little bit, I do that. Uh, I have a guy I'm working with right now in his business, uh, helping him recover from COVID-19, helping him grow and, and add businesses to what he's doing, helping him get himself organized from a business standpoint. So I, I keep myself very, very busy. I'm a, I'm a seven-day-a-week guy and just thrive on every minute I've got. Wonderful. We just have a few minutes left. If you... Uh, could change anything or improve anything uh, within the community? And I mean, I, I guess I, I mean our listenership, which is sure. you know, Nevada County and beyond in Placer County. Um, yep. what, what do you, what, where would you make improvements? Well, I guess the, the, the very first thing I would like to see is I would love to see the community become one again. The divisiveness that is eating at our community is so unhealthy. You got people on the far right. You got people on the on the far left. You've got a, an environment that, that is politically unstable and frightening to me. And I would really like to see people stop listening to fake news. Stop listening to the people that are inspiring them to be, you know, uh, anti 
uh, anything in our in our community. And I'd love to see them all get back together and say, you know what, let's agree to disagree agreeably and take the steps that we need to make this a better community for everybody. So that would be my first goal is to bring the sides together and become one again. I'll drink to that <laughs> if, I, if I can. Sure, no problem. <laughs> well, Rob, thank yeah. you for being uh, our guest here today.